0: You're about to listen to another great show on the Four-Eyed Radio Network. To listen to other shows just like this, go to foureyedradio.com. Like our show, Victory Road, a Pokemon podcast. Where we talk everything and anything about Pokemon. Learn something new. Like, did you know that every Pokemon card is misprinted on the back? The ball centerpiece opens on the wrong side. (laughs) What? I'm going to have to check that out. But yeah, you can learn stuff like that, which I just learned right now. Wallop and web snappers. My spider sense is tingling. like me. Take Tingling. My spider
1: sense is tingling. My spider sense tells me I'm in for some trouble. spider sense spider is tingling. My spider sense is
0: tingling. Mike, all my spider sense of dealing.
1: Anybody else's Spider Sense Tingling?
0: Welcome to Walloping Web Snappers, a Spider-Man podcast where we dive into every Spider-Man cartoon ever made. I'm Doug. I'm Derek. And is your Spider Sense Tingling? The Spider Sense disgraces me. <laughs> to listen to this show, find us on foridradio.com and wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs, illustration, and design that fit your personality. For samples and inquiries, visit Revengelover.com. And we are continuing our discussion on the 2017 Spider-Man cartoon, which, if you would like to watch along with us, is available on Disney Plus. And today, we have a Craven episode. We're talking about another iteration of
1: Craven. <laughs> I would say the least sexually charged Craven that there's ever been. So are far. you
0: are you including or excluding the Hunter from Unlimited?
1: uh ex exc- well cuz i
0: know technically he is not craven
1: hmm i would say even or even counting the unlimited hunter this craven is just like i don't know
0: an asexual icon i guess so
1: which is fine it's just unexpected for craven
0: it is it is um so <laughs> lots of uh, craven discussion to be had we are watching spider-man 2017 season one episode 10 entitled craven's amazing hunt uh so hopefully not the last, I guess. <laughs> and this is the synopsis per IMDb. Spider-Man and Miles become entangled in a reality TV show, Craven's Amazing Hunt.
1: Cool. Good. Uh, good, good synopsis.
0: Yeah. That's that's um, one of the best. Yep, yep,
1: very succinct. The original air date for this episode was September 31st, 2017. It was written by Chris Cox and Kevin Shinnick. We know Kevin Shinnick. He's a story editor on this show. Um, Chris Cox was an interesting one because that's like a really common name. So I don't know if, if there's just an issue with IMDb. But if you look him up on IMDb, he literally only has two credits and they're both from this show. But, uh, you know, like I said, there's a lot of Chris Coxes that exist, so I don't know if he's one of the other ones that already exist. Like, there is, in fact, one who voices Star-Lord in... Among other characters in like hmm. multiple Marvel cartoons, I think maybe even this one, but like nothing indicates that that's the same Chris Cox. And I know those are actors and and, and stuff named Chris Chris Cox. So I, I, I tried to figure out if there's like some crossover and the IMDB page just like separated it out because we've run into that before where there's yep. like more than one page for the same person. Because it's such a common name, I I wasn't able to figure out if that was the case. So if you know who Chris Cox is and he has done stuff, (laughs) let us know. If not, maybe it's just a good friend who wrote two episodes of this show and then fucked off. I don't know.
0: (laughs) Make yourself known, Chris Cox.
1: Yeah, I'm curious.
0: (laughs) Show yourself.
1: Uh, this episode was directed by Soul Choi, who has directed like half of the episodes this season so far. so good job, dude. It honestly f- feels like every episode <laughs> I know it's not, but it feels like every episode <laughs> yeah, yeah, and we talked about him on our episode number eighty,
0: obviously, we must speak about the voice actor behind this craven. uh, this craven is voiced by Troy Baker, who is a legend in both oh, yes. anime and video games. A big, big, big deal. Kind of surprised we've never talked about him before. Yeah, me too. In anime, Troy Baker has appeared as Jin Karya in Bleach, Greed in Fullmetal Alchemist Brotherhood, and multiple voices in Naruto Shippuden, One Piece, and Soul Eater. In video games, he's most famously Joel in The Last of Us, which is a big deal. <laughs> yeah. uh, Booker DeWitt in Bioshock Infinite, Pagan Min in Far Cry 4, one of the voices of the player character in the Saints Row series. He's also Batman in the Batman Telltale games, and most recently, Bruce Banner in Avengers, and Simon Krieger in Spider-Man Miles Morales. So uh, no joke uh, as far as the video game legendness. Yep. Uh, of Troy Baker. <laughs>
1: uh-huh.
0: In Western animation, he's multiple voices in Young Justice and Avengers Earth Mightiest Heroes. He is Loki and Hawkeye in Avengers Assemble, Guardians of the Galaxy, and also Ultimate Spider-Man. And like so many actors we talk about on the show, uh, that is only a tiny slice of everything that he has done.
1: Yes, yes, yes. Big deal. Got a good voice. I But I didn't even recognize that that was him doing Craven when I was watching the episode. and until yeah until seeing that i think
0: craven's a tough one unless you get somebody who has a voice with characteristics you can't turn off like a fred tattashore or a john dimaggio who we often cite in that spot i feel like if you just get somebody who can do a relatively straightforward craven it almost becomes hard to tell who's doing it
1: yeah you know because that's one of the few (laughs) where like no matter how different each iteration is if they have like a Russian accent, they pretty much sound the same. Like, yeah. you know, there isn't yeah. really much. There isn't really like, I guess, there's because unless your Craven is a, is a vastly different Craven from other Cravens, like the Amazing Friends Craven is such a generic dude that's yeah. like a regular American accent that like you can differentiate him. Sure. But most Cravens, if you're doing, even if it's not a traditional take, if it's like just the Hunter, full of himself kind of vibe. If you have the Russian accent on top of that, it's just going to kind of come out being the same, you know? Well, it
0: becomes the main feature of that voice performance, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Makes sense. Yeah, I wouldn't have guessed it either. Well, I suppose we can just dive into this one, or pounce okay. into this one, if you will.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: How have we never made that joke before? Uh, yeah, I'm surprised. <laughs> <laughs> so this episode opens with the two Spider-Men fighting Scorpion. What's up, Scorpion? Hey, buddy. Uh, I was less uh, immediately bothered by his suit this time around, probably because it's just already in my mm-hmm. memory, I guess. Like, it's just, it's there. But uh, fighting Scorpion in the middle of the street, complete with Peter giving Miles some tips on web shooters, while acknowledging that he also is not exactly a veteran, as he's only been Spider-Man for three months, which gives us a timeline. Also, dramatically confuses the timeline even further, uh, because a few episodes ago it was the middle of the summer. So yeah. I don't. I don't. We'll never know. We'll never yeah. know. It'll never yeah. make sense. Um, yeah. Scorpion in this battle. Uh, I don't remember if he did this last time. Uses like almost like an electric ray
1: blast from his tail. Yeah. I don't remember him doing that last time either.
0: Yeah. That seemed new. (laughs) Yeah. That seemed different. We'll see if he ever spits his gross body juices from his tail.
1: I could see them just avoiding that, just making him a full tech villain. Because we don't know anything about it. I, I do like their use of scorpion where it's just sort of like, if they just keep deploying him like this, where it's just like, He's he doesn't get an origin story or whatever. He just is and he's just always working <laughs> for somebody. Just... <laughs> and they just it run into him. works in the
0: universe too. Like he's just like, "Oh, is that guy again? Does anybody yeah. even really know that guy?" No, but he's really annoying and he breaks stuff a lot. Yeah. All right, here we go. <laughs>
1: he just always shows up in in the teaser or like the fir- early in the first act and then yeah. disappears and like that's it, just to give an obligatory action sequence and basically.
0: You know what, he appeared so early in this series last time that we talked about him being kind of a good villain for showcasing Peter Parker's learning his Spider-Man powers and just showcasing Spider-Man's abilities and movements to a potentially new audience. Mm-hmm. And then we get Scorpion again when Miles first becomes Spider-Man. I Like, <laughs> they definitely have a particular vision for the use of Scorpion. And it seems yeah. to be uh, level one adversary.
1: <laughs> yeah. Which is fun. I'm, I, it's, you know, it's I'm cool that they it. have someone slotted a slot that, I mean, who, it's Scorpion. Like, it's, yeah. you can do interesting things with him or you could not. And nobody's going to be mad either way.
0: If somebody is a scholar of Scorpion, please send me the coolest versions of Scorpion, not aesthetically, but like send me the stuff that is like the coolest use of Scorpion. Because I do feel like Scorpion has so much potential to be really cool, mm-hmm. uh, but is often more in this realm of being yeah. like a henchman, like a superpowered henchman or a sort of like superpowered
1: victim almost. I think Scorpion with the Venom symbiote is interesting, um, just because that's such a weird like combination yeah. of villains. Mm-hmm. Like, that was a cool, smart thing to do with them. Yeah, that's fun. And if I remember correctly, I think that the Ultimate Scorpion is a clone of Spider-Man, which okay. because of the Iraqi crossover, which is pretty cool. I like
0: that. I like that. I take. really need to like do a dive into Ultimate Spider-Man.
1: It's been a, it's been so long since I read that section of the comics that I don't remember how much they do with him. Yeah. But I know that's sort of his origin, um, which is I mean I I like that. I think that that's a pretty cool pretty cool take. So
0: yeah, I'm intrigued. Yeah. Mm -hmm. well you alluded to this Uh, after fighting Scorpion for a little bit Scorpion responds to somebody on a comm and actually just runs off rather than doing what he normally does which is gloat about his plans and Peter finds that odd which he he shares with Miles Uh, there's even like a little moment where like Peter's like, something's off. And Miles is like, oh, is your spider sense going off? And Peter's like, no, it's just a gut feeling because <laughs> I've fought this guy before. And then, of course, Miles is like, spider gut, that's
1: gross. I'm <laughs> <laughs> glad I didn't get that power. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> but cute. ultimately, when they catch up uh, with Scorpion, Scorpion reveals that he was just meant to lead them to a specific position where they see Miles' favorite TV show playing on a billboard screen. And that TV show, Craven's Amazing Hunt, which. Uh-huh. I was not expecting. I didn't I didn't see any synopses or any premises or anything going into this episode mm-hmm. and was like, "Huh. That is a version of Craven to do?"
1: <laughs> it's interesting. I don't know how much um like I don't know if they've done comic stuff with it, but I know it's it's interesting to me because what that made me think of immediately was Spider-Man and his amazing friends where Craven is like like a known yeah. like showman and people like see movies of his hunting exploits and stuff.
0: That's a good point. I didn't even like draw that parallel, but that is a really good point.
1: And that makes me wonder like was there precedent in the comics at some point where he had like movies or a show or something like I don't I don't Or was he like ever, a circus performer or something? He kind of <laughs> has that vibe yeah I don't recall that being like a thing, or at least i mean i know I know there's there's been plenty of points where he's like well known in the public but sure. like, actually being like a performer essentially like those are the, the amazing friends and this are like the two points that I can connect yeah. um you know, and it's where it's where it's like super explicit and this episode doubles down on him being like a performer and like oh, a yeah. reality show t v star essentially oh. Is yeah. is, like, an interesting thing to do.
0: <laughs> I I am I am excited to have a different version of Craven, since I think it's really easy to lean on a traditional version of Craven. Yeah. But I do think every time we get, and we'll get a little bit more into why with this particular version of Craven. But I do think every time we get a different version of Craven, I am reminded of why it's not only easy to lean on a traditional version of Craven, but it's sometimes just a better option. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So anyway. This is like we said. This is Miles' favorite TV show, so he's like excited about it. But Craven reveals the reason he's in New York is to hunt something different, and that thing is Spider-Man. And he's right there, uh, right now, and he has a camera and a gun pointed (laughs) at them.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I like. they, They have like it's it's explicitly like a drone camera that he has. I think you you occasionally see actual cameraman on the ground too. But like the way that they're able to explain how all the Spider-Man battles in the air and stuff are caught on camera is that he has a drone with a camera in it, which is smart. I think to, to establish that going forward with this episode.
0: Yeah. They play a little bit with the production of the show, Craven's amazing hunt. And I love it every time. I actually wish they had leaned even further into it because I think they could have done a really high concept episode of TV within an episode of TV. And I think that would have made me enjoy this angle even more than I do from just, like, a novelty standpoint.
1: Yeah, I fully agree. I think as it stands, it's like, oh, it's fine, and there's a couple of cute jokes. But I think, like, the jokes that they have are well executed enough that – I think that they showed that they can do the humor really well yeah. and making it a whole fourth wall breaking. Like you're watching an episode of Craven's Amazing Hunt and, and, and seeing all the stuff that goes into it while also being an episode of Spider-Man. Yeah. Like, that could have been really cool. And it's sort of like they almost they, 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 they tread a little bit closely to it, but they never really go full bore into it. Yeah. And it would have been cool to do a whole experimental episode.
0: Yeah. Do we like. see even a single boom mic? Where's the boom mic?
1: Yeah, <laughs>
0: this is this episode is just asking for a boom mic joke.
1: <laughs> That's so true. I mean, if we do, it's like really brief or yeah. something. Because we do see cameramen, we see makeup people, but it's all it's all so so minimal. Um, yeah, and it's like, and you know, they they are also doing you know making some plot movement and character movement sure. in the episode too. But yeah. they still could have done that while also doubling down on the fun. Stuff. Agreed.
0: Fully agree. <laughs> <laughs> So here's my favorite thing in the world. I love as as a as somebody who watches a lot of reality competitions specifically, my favorite thing in the world, Miles says, Well, this is all fake though, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, I love Thanks. that.
0: Thanks. Thanks, Miles. I do think it's actually a really funny joke though, because that is such a, a common response to these shows, and so many of these shows are overproduced to the point that it there is irony in calling them reality TV, which I yeah. fully acknowledge. Like yeah. that's what makes it funny. <laughs>
1: Yeah, this reality show. Well, maybe you should actually live in reality, dude. Yeah.
0: Where where what country can you go to where you're competing in in obstacle courses for cheeseburgers? I don't know, the one you fucking live in, stupid. Uh anyway. Um <laughs> I do I also actually appreciate the fact that this is Miles' favorite TV show. Yeah. And he is the one who's like, "Yeah, but it's fake, though," right? Yeah. <laughs> it's not like Peter making fun of Miles or anything.
1: You can acknowledge that and still enjoy it. Like, I think that's fun. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think it's so much fun. (laughs) Anyway, so Miles thinks it's going to be fake. And this is very quickly uh, disproven by Craven immediately shooting at them with uh, actual projectiles that are shot fast enough to uh, penetrate the sides of cars. Um, (laughs) Yeah. It's intense. Wow. Peter notes that they're actually tranquilizer darts, which is encouraging because it means that maybe Craven isn't actually trying to kill them. But Miles, being a super fan of the show, informs him that no, it's not that he doesn't kill his prey, it's that he takes them home and he does it there, which I guess if he's <laughs> making a TV show makes sense, but is also uh, horrifying. Yep. <laughs> yep. So Craven gets a call on his comm and he is told that his benefactor now wants both Spider-Men now that it is apparent that there are two.
1: Yep. 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 After this, Anya and Gwen make their obligatory appearances in this episode and then never <laughs> appear is again the scene. Is it even obligatory scene. at this point? I mean, hopefully moving forward it is. I know, right? Yeah, this scene is completely c- completely unnecessary. Yeah. Uh but Anya and Gwen are watching the show. Um and they realize that like both Spider-Man and Miles, because they know as of last episode that Miles is a Spider-Man. Oh my gosh, yeah. Um, are are being hunted and so they're like, oh my god, Miles is there. Max overhears them, um, so they, they kinda of have to play it off. Anya's like, oh, we're just watching Miles' favorite show. And then Max has this whole little thing where it's just like, I don't know if I approve of these kinds of shows. I just think they dull your senses.
0: Ugh. I feel like this show is attacking me.
1: <laughs> well, it has a really weird, weird kind of back and forth take on reality TV. Cause yeah. like there are points in multiple points in the episode where they're very clearly trying to like make fun of it or parody it and be like, isn't reality TV like stupid and <laughs> fake. And you know, you have like people who are ostensibly supposed to be like smart and voices of reason being like, well, this isn't appropriate television. Um, yeah. And like, but then you also they also have enough fun with it thats also seems like it's sort of like an appreciation of it, like miles like it is his favorite show, and he knows that it's fake, but doesn't care because it's a favorite show yeah but but the other the other side of that, the other perspective you could take is that. Miles is also, like, the most, like, immature and youthful character. So it's, like, only dumb kids like reality <laughs> TV. Like, I, mean, I don't really true. know exactly what Hi. it's trying to say, but you could take it either way.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's it's interesting. I don't know if they went into this having a particular position they wanted to communicate on reality TV. Because, like you said, there is definitely an affinity or an affection at least there. Uh, Mm -hmm. In the way that they're crafting some of these, like, jokes and references and stuff. Like, they're clearly familiar enough with it. Or somebody there cares enough uh, that they, like, get some of the funny little details right.
1: But then they also turn their noses up at it at the same time. (laughs)
0: Yeah, which is weird. I feel like maybe – and this is hard to do with with, uh, art in general. But it's especially hard to do, I think, with uh, a superhero property or something that is for kids that is going to take unabashed stances on certain things. Mm -hmm. But I almost feel like the best way to approach something like this is to – um go into it with like trying to be neutral on the stance and just trying to like spoof it as much as possible, you know? Yeah. Like I agree. make it just like just fully lampoon it. I think would be like the best outcome.
1: Well, cuz the few times where it feels like they are trying to comment on That reality TV is bad. Actually, feels very like out of two (laughs) thousand and six. Like it doesn't feel like a stance that anybody has anymore. Like nobody really cares anymore. Yeah, you know, like it it just feels kind of archaic. Like, what if reality TV is ruining television? And it's just like, or it's just another like genre, yeah, uh, medium. But okay, whatever. Like, I don't think people really care that much anymore either way. You either watch it or you don't.
0: Yeah, there's like a there's like a better understanding of it, and I feel like. The idea that it is mind numbing relies on people not making the choice to engage with it, and I feel like everybody is informed enough now, typically, to choose to engage with it as opposed to be like "quote fooled by it." Like, who's being fooled by reality TV in 2017? Yeah, you know. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, but uh, but I do think you could you could comment on. It. I think there are things you could do. I just think sure for uh, for this episode in particular. And with Craven's energy, it would be really funny to do like a full on lampoon.
1: Well, cause and there also, I think there is a really fun thing that they sort of are doing where Craven isn't really like a typical reality TV star. And in fact, like they make very explicit that like he is like for real, like he is a really good hunter and he comes from like a generation of centuries of generations of hunters or whatever in his family. But it's like, he's not like a a TV personality per se or not an invented one. Like he's one of those where like, it's just sort of like bottle of lightning um, type of thing Yeah. where like they just happen to find a really eccentric personality and just happen to be allowed to follow their life. So it's sort of like that, except he is also hosting the show and doing like product placement throughout it and stuff. So it's a really weird, like interesting mixture of those things. Did you
0: feel like it was a mistake for him to host his own show? Like, do you think there
1: should have been yes. a narrator or something? I think so. I because th- I, because uh, uh, here's the thing. This is where I, I'm kind of torn with it because I do really like the idea of Craven the Hunter being in the middle of like yeah. actively hunting, then stopping and turning to the camera and like saying like sponsored by Cages it's Incorporated." Really or whatever. Funny. It's like, really funny. Like I get funny, the appeal of it for sure,
0: and I laughed at it.
1: But then. If they were to do that, I think they needed to go more fully into that sort of like almost split personality of him, where it's like (laughs) maybe maybe being Craven is is him playing a character rather than being weird. Then they could have played up you know the unreality of the the reality show, maybe. Yeah. Um. Or they should have gone fully into him just being an almost like feral hunter that is just being followed by these cameras and, and narrated over and stuff because that would also lead to a lot of really great jokes.
0: Yeah, there's so many there's so many ways you could have approached it because you could have done like a full-on who's who's the who who's the guy is it David Attenborough? Like you could have mm-hmm. done like a full-on like David Attenborough spoof where like Craven is almost like an animal hunting and you have like this very like soft serious kind of like narrator. You could have like an on-site host that yeah. ends up actually sort of being like attempting to interact with Craven who is otherwise like completely uninterested. Like there's so many ways you could have could have done it. This is definitely one of them and I don't hate it because it is really funny for Craven yeah. to to break the fourth wall, like his own fourth wall. But uh but the fact that it ends up, I mean this is this is sort of I guess it's not really spoiling it if it doesn't happen, but it doesn't turn out that he is fake. So like it's yeah. an interesting choice for him to to be genuinely Craven and also like Hawkin products.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: It's part of the humor, but it's also like kind of strange.
1: It's a lot of fun. There's a lot of really funny stuff in the episode. And I think the jokes land, it's yes. just, they kind Agreed. of seem to be only be doing half measures with their concept in a, in a concept that they present really well uh, and like sort of multiple sides of it. And they just don't go fully onto any of them. They yeah. just sort of split the difference between like multiple perspectives and concepts so it makes it like fun, but it's like you could have done something really special and cool here and it just ends up just being kind of fun, you know. Well,
0: I think the, I think the fact that we can see it so many different ways speaks to the genuine inspiration behind the concept, you know. Yeah. Like I think it's a genuinely inspired perspective on Craven to do this. Uh, it just yeah, yeah half Agreed. measures uh, all the way around, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, yeah. But there's still, like I said, there's it's still fun. There's still fun stuff that happens. It's
0: a super fun episode.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I still really like it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so back, with, uh, back in the action, Craven's kind of narrating to his camera drones and, and camera people uh, and also to the audience uh, because of that. It kind of explaining how he has this amazing strength and amazing agility and great tracking skills, and also the ability to talk to humans and ask him if they <laughs> saw where the Spider-Man went. I
0: thought that was.: I love this man. I yeah. love this interaction. It's so unnecessary. It takes up like a full two seconds of screen time, which is a long time, and I love it.
1: <laughs> yeah it's really cute because he's basically it's just like you know you see him like doing you see craven doing a bunch of flips and and running across buildings and like sniffing around and stuff and it's like your typical craven the hunter stuff and then he just like turns to this dude and is like did you see where they went and it's just like this older dude on the on the street who's just like completely just like quiet and not just like yeah he's like huh
0: what yes what do you oh dude they went happening? that way <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> it's really funny but then we uh, we cut to Miles and, and Spidey, obviously, are still on the run. Miles is kind of remembering Craven's methods that he knows from from being a fan of the show. And he's like, actually, so Craven, like, studies his prey's behavior ahead of time and sets traps, which makes them both realize, like, oh, wait, <laughs> that means the entire city is now apparently full of movie <laughs> traps. And they are correct. Lots of lasers and nets and uh-huh. shit all over, all over the city. But, but throughout all of this, I think it's worth noting that Peter's, like, understandably worried and Miles is still like super re- relaxed about it it's just like I don't know I mean he's just gotta catch us it's first and we won't we're fine we're he cool. says so, all yeah.
0: while just running through trip lasers <laughs> yeah like no attempts whatsoever to avoid any of the booby
1: traps <laughs> yeah yeah very fun Miles <sighs> is enjoying being a part of this reality show pretty much
0: yeah he was excited to be on TV he like yeah. waved at the camera you know uh-huh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, meanwhile, Norman Osborn is watching the show and reveals to Adrian Toomes that he actually paid Craven to capture the Spider-Man to bring to Oscorp, which isn't like a huge surprise. Craven is often hired <laughs> by yeah. other people. It's, you know, yeah. either he is he is compelled by boredom with the animal kingdom or he is hired to, you know, carry out a hit on Spider-Man. It's yeah. pretty much what yeah. you can expect. <laughs>
1: Yep, yep, yep.
0: So Craven continues his chase throughout the city with Sonic Blasters, and then he captures Miles in an electric net. Miles is able to use his electroblast to break free of the net, which I actually like have a lot of cool questions about, I feel like. Oh. It makes me wonder like how his electroblast works in relation to like other electronic things, because we see kind of what its effect on Spencer Smythe's spider slayer last week was it it almost like neutralized it to a degree um in this case it it sort of negates an electronic net and then we see it in the future of this episode um sort of taking out technology and i guess you could just chalk it up to like he's short-circuiting things Mm -hmm. but it almost makes me feel like he has this like almost an advantage over technology by having like a bioelectricity about him
1: Yeah. We could, like, Um, over... I could have seen it being, like, he, like, over... In this this case, like, he overloads the net, and that's how he's able to, like, break it open.
0: And that's probably what's happening most of the time, but... uh, I don't know. I like the idea that, like, most electricity in the show is depicted as, like, blue and white, and his is depicted as red. Yeah. And so maybe there's, like, a negating effect. I doubt they thought about it as much as I did for some reason, but... (laughs) Um, I like the idea of it
1: <laughs> Yeah right right In
0: any case it works And he is able to break free of the net And the Spider-Men escape once again We also learn Through one of Craven's fourth wall breaking Is it really a fourth wall If it's a uh, reality TV I don't think so He acknowledges the audience To share that a group of spiders Is called a cluster In a segment called Craven Knowledge Brought to you by the good people at Public Media <laughs>
1: yep. Yep. and I did look it up because shortly after this Miles is like questioning it it is just like was it I thought it was called a clutter a group of spiders can be called a cluster or a clutter both of those are correct oh my so. gosh
0: that's so much smarter than I thought it was going to be because I was yeah. like I wonder which one's right because you're pitting a hunter's knowledge against like a genius nerdy kid's knowledge yeah. like I, I feel like I could trust either one of them so, so for them both to be right is actually kind of brilliant
1: yeah, I like that it's a, it's a it's a good clever little joke and it's actually like actually kind of educational like <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, now that they've kind of a uh, now that they've escaped Peter realizes that even though Craven has studied like his patterns as as the spider-man that's existed for three months um, he couldn't have possibly studied miles' patterns because he's like just emerge as spider-man and he's this he's clued into this because miles has the electroblast that Peter doesn't have and that's why they were able to escape essentially so they're thinking like what do we what can we do that aren't following like the Peter Parker Spider-Man's patterns Um, and Miles is like let's go to a comedy club
0: (laughs) (laughs) it's like he's he has no filter like he just says what he's thinking and I love it
1: it's so good it is really funny it definitely i think miles himself we were talking last last time about like is like is the comedy like getting better is just us and i do think miles himself i think injects a lot of really great comedy yeah because it's so fast-paced and like it's like not quite it's not quite like non sequitur random humor but it's like almost there you yeah. know because you well, never expect what he's gonna say
0: you can't expect what he's gonna say but whatever he says is still relevant to whatever conversation is happening so it's just yeah. like constant curveballs and it interrupts peter's flow like peter has had such a flow like he's come into his own and he has like a way about him and a certain uh like rhythm to the things he does and mm-hmm. miles is interrupting that and i feel like that just plays into the comedy because then you have like a sort of like exasperated but also affectionate peter Who's yeah. just sort of like, no, th- no, Miles, focus. <laughs> right?
1: <laughs> like, and in this case, it's funny because they keep it up because, like, Miles is like, comedy club. And Peter's like, no, uh, actually, I never go into the sewer. So let's go to the sewer. And Miles is like, is the sewer the name of a comedy club? <laughs>
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> it's really cute. Yeah, he's great.
1: Yeah, it's great. They're, they're really fun together. But, yeah, so, you know, they end up in the sewer because that's the one place that Spider-Man would never go. So like Ergo, there should be no traps until once they're down there. I love that throughout this whole episode Craven's Amazing hunt is miles's favorite show. so it's like theoretically they should have an advantage because miles knows how Craven works. <laughs> but miles only remembers how Craven works until after they're already in the situation yeah. where it's too late to, to do anything about it because now that they're in the sewer following uh, you know a backup plan that they've come up with, miles then just then finally remembers that actually, Craven also tries to figure out what his prey's backup plan will be. Therefore, he has also booby trapped the sewers. Oh, of course. <laughs> yeah. It is funny to think like if Craven only has hunted presumably only hunted animals at this point, it's sort of like what animals are smart enough to come up with backup plans? Like what <laughs> I don't really <laughs> Yeah,
0: I think it's a weird way for him to describe that. But because that that caused me pause too, because I was like, "That's a really bizarre thing to say." But I guess it's more like thinking steps ahead, right? Like if I move in this direction when I'm hunting a lion, how is it going to react? And if yeah. I can anticipate that, I can almost fake it out and then be where it's gonna be. That makes sense. Uh, but but the fact that he describes it as a backup plan does make it very strange when you think of like the animal kingdom.
1: Right, right. What it's is like, a I mean, lion's
0: a... backup plan?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like I'm sure they're smart, but I don't think that that's the. I don't think they think in those terms. So <laughs> mm, no,
0: not quite. <laughs>
1: right, but yeah. I mean, he's he's totally right. There's there's traps down there, and in fact, there's a a a, a, a big old cage gets dropped on both of the Spider Men. It's made from electrified titanium alloy, so they just literally can't escape. And by the way, Craven informs us that the cage is made by Cages Incorporated, available at select hunting outlets.
0: I like the idea that there are probably like Craven branded or Craven sponsored hunting items at like your local Dick Sporting Goods. Yeah, that's Or great. like your Bass Pro Fishing Outlet. You can get the like the special edition limited Craven. I don't know. <laughs> crossbow <laughs> yeah
1: yeah i love that idea too right yeah. <laughs> well speaking
0: of branding <laughs> uh-huh uh craven is literally about to brand them but spider-man shoots a web ball at craven's control which shuts off their cages because craven's just like wearing it on his belt which is kind of an oversight yeah. um craven hasn't really studied spider-man as much as i would have hoped but he's a busy yeah. man he's running a tv show so sure you know what can you expect <laughs> They're able to take down Craven with some nicely placed steam pipes and web him up, complete with their own spider branding, humiliating Craven on camera. Which I uh, I would have been surprised by if I didn't learn over the past couple years that this seems to be like a, um, a storytelling tactic with Craven. Like we got a yeah. little bit of that in, in Spectacular, where like Craven was just defeated so early that I was like, wait a second, what is left, you know? Yeah. Um, or just like the general ego of Craven to be so hurt or humiliated, um, like at, to the core of his ego, that it makes yeah. a lot of sense for these stories to sort of ha- come in two parts. Um, exactly. So I think this would be very surprising if it weren't something that I had become familiar with. Um, so I, I, I like that all that to say, I like that this is another version where it's like, we get two parts of the story. Cause then, The second part could kind of go anywhere.
1: Yeah, exactly. exactly. So
0: Norman is still watching. This is clearly Norman's favorite TV show for the day. He's got something invested, so it makes sense. And he is angry that this was not part of our deal, which of course is Craven being defeated.
1: Like, (laughs) what? (laughs) Like, okay.
0: (laughs) He wasn't supposed to fail.
1: Right. (laughs) Thanks, Norman. Good call, Norm. Yeah. Well, um it this, this this isn't one of those cases where it's like two, you know, very e- like distinct parts of the episode cuz Craven immediately just shows right back up. Like he immediately escapes, shows right back up uh on on uh, on the street level where the Spider-Man are. But now he is utterly enraged. He's very very mad. Um he's ready to just say fuck all to 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 any any sort of like holding back that he was going to do. He kind of explains that for centuries, his family has been the deadliest of hunters uh, and that the spider people have disgraced him. And now he's going to inflict a revenge so deadly it's not suitable for television, which prompts him to blow up his own camera. And thus more or less ends the reality TV angle of this entire episode. Well, I like I
0: like that as the catalyst for the second part of the episode. Like, Craven doesn't disappear from the episode. It's not like he's defeated and then they're surprised when he comes back or anything. Yeah. But the first half of this episode is all within the restraints of a TV show, which – kind of makes sense when miles explains like oh he never actually kills anything well yeah because he's making a tv show and right. then the second half of the episode the stakes are immediately raised by the fact that he is no longer on camera and it's just like fuck it i'm gonna murder you now
1: <laughs> yeah i agree i think that's a really cool like amping up of the stakes i think yeah, that's a really cool use of the of the of the medium that they were playing in
0: yeah also i think an argument for them to go harder on the corniness of the first half of the episode because it wasn't even your full episode.
1: Exactly, I f- yeah, fully agree with that because I think it would have made it would have made Craven's turn in the back half a lot more distinct and stand out a lot more. Yeah, when it's just like oh, lots of fun. Oh wow, what a silly take on Craven. And then suddenly, once the reality TV show jokes and stuff are out of the way, then it's like oh, it feels like we're in a completely different episode now because yeah. now it's like for for real. But at this point, you know, it's like he explains it, so you kind of get it, but it doesn't really like feel that much different than the first half. You yeah. Know? Well, um, but and it, would, opportunity.
0: it would really it would enhance uh, greatly because like the tactics he uses involve like fear and are like much more twisted than the stuff in the first half. But without that clear delineation between the two, you're right. Like it it just feels like um, like a slower increase in gravity as opposed to yeah. like a full on heel turn from your favorite, you know, quirky TV host to like murderous hunter right
1: right it's like you almost had it you had a really (laughs) great concept and it's just like just just missed the mark by not going heavy enough on the first half it's really like it's 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 not a huge deal like it's still a fun episode like we said it's just a little disappointing i think
0: it's still close to a bullseye you know like it's not like it's not off the target it's still like it still lands well like the concept i still think is inspired some yeah. of the stuff they do in the first half is funny, and then some of the stuff they do in the second half is scary. And I think that's what they were aiming for. So yeah. they just need to yeah. Yeah, tighten up or, – or not even tighten up, actually like loosen up on both ends, make the second half scarier, make the front half wackier. Uh, yeah. And I think I think the impact is all the greater for it.
1: Yeah, because I do – I mean – and I do like this, this sort of – uh, backpedals a little bit on the assertion that the back half should be scarier but I do like while he's in the middle of his giant like angry speech the makeup person like runs in to his makeup like yeah. he has to pause it and then runs off but then that almost feels like that's him that's oh that is prompting him to make his final turn because like she interrupts him runs off and then right after that is when he blows up the camera and then there's no more yeah. reality TV jokes
0: they could have more fully capitalized on that moment where he is like um that's like his, like, you like, you know how sometimes you can, like, see somebody snap even though they're not physically doing anything? Mm-hmm. Like, that could have been that moment.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Hello, amazing friends. We just wanted to take a quick moment to shout out our spectacular enough patrons, Katie,
1: Mike, Eric, Carl, and Lillian. If you would like to join our Patreon, we have a ton of great bonus content waiting for you. We have our Spider Bites, where we talk about pretty much whatever we want in the Spider-Man universe, such as comics, like the current Miles Morales series, and classics like Kraven's Last Hunt.
0: Sometimes we do deep dives into Spider-Man stuff, like our miniseries on the unmade Spider-Man movies. Or we spin off into other topics, like the Blade movies or the Firestar comics. Sometimes we'll do some bonus content just because we happen to have it, like Peaks Behind the Curtain or How We Make Certain Episodes.
1: And if you join us at the $5 Spectacular level, you also get access to our After Dark commentaries where we let loose and talk about shows that aren't Spider-Man related without a filter. Shows like Gargoyles, Batman Beyond, Muppet Babies, and more
0: ultimately these are the types of things that we're gonna talk about anyway so recording it and making it available on patreon is our way of saying thank you so much for supporting this show and letting us do the types of things we really want to do whatever tier you opt into thank you so much whether you're an avid listener or just stopping by we appreciate that too from your friendly neighborhood podcasters thank you so, the chase does continue, but now, instead of just regular darts, Craven is using heat seeking darts, so this like again sort of like amps up the caliber of his hunting uh pretty immediately. We see that there's like a difference. He also is using a mechanical boomerang, which is pretty cool. Uh, yeah. Peter ends up getting trapped by this boomerang, and since miles is surrounded only by cold things, <laughs> I love that uh, joke <laughs> he's not able to dodge the heat seeking dart and he ends up getting hit so. It's so-
1: it's so funny because I'm kind of take a little bit of a dark turn from it after this, but right before it, yeah. it's like, Miles is like, I got to get near a heat source. And it's just like an ad for like a frozen parody <laughs> musical, like freezing the musical, like a cold cuts yeah. ad, like a snowman billboard. Like it's just, which stuff that isn't even like that. It's like, those things are cold. They just represent the yeah. idea of cold. <laughs>
0: well, it's perfect because like you see it work for Peter like seconds before and Miles would have seen it too. And so Miles is like, yay, hot dogs. And then it's just one of those, oh, come on moments where like nothing is just falling into place even it's though It's really should. funny. Yeah, I like it yeah. a lot. It's really good. But you're right, it does take sort of a dark turn because Miles ends up getting hit by one of these darts and Craven explains that it was dosed with a venomous fear uh chemical of some kind which will not only frighten Miles but it'll scare him to death if it's not treated, which is uh which is pretty scary. It's like it's like scarecrow fear gas but yeah, like instead of just sort of losing your grip on reality like you just die
1: yeah exactly (laughs) exactly oh okay (laughs) Right. damn right the one kind of upside i guess to being dosed with a like a venomous fear chemical that's going to kill you is that it activates a new power hey level up yeah, so because he's in, like, because he's in, like, this intense fear, Miles just instantly vanishes, just, like, instantly, Um, which, you know, if you know Miles' powers, you know what's going on. Hell yeah. So, yeah, but, but you know, Peter Peter doesn't really understand what's going on, but knows that he's been dosed with this venom and that, that Miles is in danger, so that gives him enough strength to break out of the boomerang. He uses, like, his thermal vision in his suit to uh, to find this, like, camouflage Miles hiding behind a car, Peter carries him to safety uh-huh. uh, while he's still invisible, I think. Uh, yep. But the, the fear venom like, is causing Miles to fully hallucinate Spider-Man as like a terrifying spider monster.
0: I was wondering if that was going to happen. And when it did, I was like, yeah, they did it. Yeah,
1: I love it. <laughs> it's great. It rules. Um, but, you know, so Miles is seeing Spider-Man as a monster. So to sort of like try to break Miles out of the hold of the fear venom, Miles is like, I'm not a monster. I'm actually your friend. I'm Peter. <laughs> so he reveals his secret identity to miles finally
0: i was wondering if miles was going to believe him or if miles was going to think it was part of a hallucination but it ends up oh, just playing huh. out straightforwardly
1: yeah i mean because basically it's it's funny because craven explicitly says that you'll die if it's not treated and as far as i know miles never gets treated for yeah. the fear venom the, the treatment is just being calmed by peter it seems like i guess that counts as getting treated I don't
0: well <laughs> so so I think it seems like whatever Craven, and this is this is us doing a little bit of work here, but it seems like whatever Craven injected into Miles does two things. One is it's some sort of um, slower acting poison that kills you. And it also causes fear, which causes your heart rate to go up, which causes your circulation to go up. Mm-hmm. Because Peter's like, you just need to stay calm. If you can stay calm, then like, it won't spread throughout your body as fast. That's the only explanation I can think of as to like why that would actually help or work in a way that would mean Miles doesn't need to immediately go to a hospital. Um, only problem is he then engages in a bunch of physical activity, which would absolutely raise his heart rate.
1: I, I have a counter argument to that. And I don't know. I don't remember if if this contradicts any dialogue or not. Cause yeah, cause sure. Peter does talk about his heart rate and stuff like that or whatever, I think. But I think it could also be that it's not that it's like a venom, and also I think it hallucinates. It could be that the venom just makes you so scared that your heart will give out the scareder that you get. and that once you're calmed down, then, like, the the venom just runs its course and gets out of your system and won't kill you. It's oh, not that God. there's also like, poison. It's that you're just going to get progressively more wait. and more terrified until you just have a heart attack and die.
0: Wait, what if it's, like, I mean, it, it definitely could be that, right? Like, where it just increases and increases and increases until your heart, like, can't handle it anymore. But what if it's, like, what if it's, like, Um, what if it's basically, like, a bad, like, a guaranteed bad trip, but, like, from the kinds of drugs that, like, Where if you have a really horrible trip, you end up just, like, doing destructive things, like, where you're just like, oh, God, I must get out of here. And it's less like this will literally kill you and more like you will be so afraid that eventually you'll, like, run into the street running away from something and get hit by a truck.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I guess it's possible, yeah.
0: I think yours is probably the most, most likely based on what we actually see and hear in the episode
1: yeah because miles never like peter you know r- demands that he go to the hospital at first and then afterwards is like at least get some rest um yeah. but you know and miles does neither of those things yeah. and it's is like fine no <laughs> and it's completely unaffected by any fear venom when we see him later in the yeah. episode so
0: that makes that makes the most sense yeah some yeah. combination of like breaking breaking the um that that concentration on fear and and managing to get your heart rate back into a a regular yeah. place, I guess.
1: Maybe off-screen, Miles went to see Anya and Gwen, and they whipped up an antidote. Or High Or Harry. <laughs> no, Harry wouldn't trust another spider person. He would have to go to uh No, he'd have to go Anya as and Miles. Despite, yeah. Yeah.
0: But, yeah, no, it, it, it wouldn't be Harry. I only say that because Harry's the chemi- chemistry yeah, it would.
1: I mean, his would make the most sense scientifically, <laughs> but as we all know, scientists can all do anything in and any science. And so.
0: Gwen has done everything.
1: yep so they'd be able to figure it out
0: (laughs) she'll just alter his dna so that he can't be affected by the venom
1: oh god that's her
0: extra solution just the the absolute most version of a solution
1: permanently rewrite your dna so you're immune to the poison that was (laughs) already in your system good lord
0: (laughs) gwen ultimate villain maybe hey gwen high evolutionary maybe
1: (laughs) You know, (laughs) I don't know if I necessarily be mad about it, depending on how that plays out.
0: (laughs) Oh boy. The hoops. (laughs) All right. So like you said, Peter says, go to the hospital. And Miles says, no. So that doesn't happen. But what does happen is that an explosion occurs at central park zoo, because if it's a Craven episode, we got to end up at a zoo or something like a zoo. So here's our, here's our zoo scene. So, Spider-Man interprets that as Kraven summoning them, and so naturally he goes there and finds that Kraven is holding somebody hostage, um, which is just another measure to to draw in Spider-Man or the Spider-Men. Miles, of course, is like, we got to help, but Peter's like, dude, will you please stay behind and rest? And I think he even says, like, sometimes being a hero is knowing when to take a break and take care yeah. of yourself, which is a good point, and I actually wish, I wish that's where... They had gone with that a little bit more because I feel like Peter could have learned from that too. Yeah. Um, but I don't think it's ultimately where they land.
1: Not at all. <laughs> in fact, I don't
0: think they revisited it at all.
1: <laughs> nope. Not at all. Not at all.
0: And it would be an echo of of some of the things that Max and Uncle Ben have tried to instill in, in Peter, oh, which is true. like taking a break or changing gears or allowing yourself to break out of your hyper focus is beneficial sometimes, you know?
1: Yeah. In this case, if Miles had taken a rest or went to the hospital, Peter would be dead, so, as we uh-huh. learned shortly after plot. so that lesson does not play <laughs> out.
0: <laughs> who needs themes when you can have plot
1: exactly exactly <laughs> yeah well we'll we'll see that shortly, but first, Peter has to go rescue this hostage from the lions' den at the central park zoo, um, and he does pretty quickly but um but it actually was just a trap because Craven now has spider man in this lion's den with a bunch of lions that Craven is just somehow uh, commanded to attack. I don't know, pheromones or whatever.
0: I um, don't like this. Don't, Peter beats up too many animals.
1: <laughs> he does. It's all dumb too. It doesn't lead up to anything. Cause basically, yeah, he tries to, he fights the lions. He like tries to make a whip. And, and after fighting a bunch of lions, basically he figures out all he has to do is just make a ball of web and toss at the lions. And they turn into cute little playing kitties who play with the balls and Go in their cage and then they drop them in the cage.
0: Would have been cute if he hadn't just drop kicked one lion and like full on <laughs> like like whipped another one into like not even like lion tamer whip, but like he he webs one of them up and like flings them across the uh, the habitat into its cage. Like, uh, yeah, little, it's a little brutal for my taste there. Spider-Man. <laughs> I
1: agree. I'm sorry. Did they, did I miss something? Why couldn't he just jump out of the cage? I mean, jump out of, there wasn't a roof, right? No. It was just in like a lowered. Why did, why did he stay there? Why did he just leave? I don't know.
0: I'm telling you, the only reason this exists is because Craven's in this episode. They literally were just like, <laughs> but there have to be animals, right? Yeah, and then so they threw in some animals. None of it makes sense.
1: No, just fucking leave, Peter. By far the worst
0: scene in this episode.
1: <laughs> it's horrible. It's horrible, and the end joke with the little web ball. I don't think was 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 funny enough to justify anything either. I don't think that was very cute. No. Um. Yeah. Yeah. It's annoying. Anyway, it was a trap, <laughs> I guess. Craven jumps into battle at him himself, but in a, in a thing that threw me like Gagged. completely. It just did not expect at all. Yep. Um. Before he can even battle, he's just immediately struck down by Vulture's, Vulture's Sonic Scream. And uh, to Peter's shock, Norman Osborn is also there. And he's like, did Norman Osborn just save me? And Norman's like, not really. Because uh, <laughs> <laughs> Vulture instantly KOs Spider-Man with a Sonic baton. Or no, was it no, sorry, not Sonic, electric baton.
0: Damn, brutal. Yeah, yeah. Brutal Vulture.
1: Yeah, right. Like it just hits him in the back and just knocks him out.
0: Yeah. All right. Well. Yeah, that really threw me for a loop, and I I mm-hmm. liked it for that reason because I fully wasn't expecting it. But uh, yeah, what a what
1: a twist! What a twist! Yeah. Yeah. So uh, now Spidey's in the hands of Norman Osborn. He uh, he Yikes. wakes up strapped to a to a chair in Oscorp. Um, they don't explain why, but nobody bothered to unmask him. Like, okay, I mean, I know that that's a thing in superhero cartoons, but they'll at least usually throw out some kind of throwaway line as to why they don't want to do yeah. it. Or like maybe he electrified his mask or something. They don't bother to explain it. He's just full on Spider-Man. All right. Whatever. Um,
0: <laughs> I honestly didn't even think about it. That's how normal it is in most, uh, yeah. most properties. But you're right. There is usually like a, I'm going to savor this moment. Or well- uh, he's webbed his mask to his suit or something.
1: It would be really easy with this one because his mask is—I mean, his mask, his whole suit is very thoroughly mechanical and technical. Yeah, it has a bunch of these, like, you know, like uh, a bunch of a bunch of like computer stuff in it, right? Like, yeah, it I think could it'll just be, be perfectly—it'll it <laughs> be perfectly acceptable that he has uh like like what I think Batman does in in one of the movies, right? Like where you just like if he's unconscious at like electric or something like that. Yeah,
0: like, um, oh, that's right, I forgot about that.
1: Yeah, like it's just you can't take his mask off without it, like a security function. I'm just surprised they didn't explicitly say that because that would solve every spider-man unmasking problem (laughs) later that would ever happen pretty much
0: i agree with you i wouldn't say i'm surprised they didn't do that (laughs) yeah it's uh it's a pretty pretty intricate detail that i wouldn't have necessarily expected this show to to include even though they do really love their science yeah i guess if there were a show to include it it would be this or spectacular
1: Yeah, he's got if he's got a freaking like holographic like clock coming out of his his wrist, his wrist, and like thermal vision. Just say that he has a fucking security system on his mask. It's easy. It's fine. Electrified mask.
0: Okay. Yep. Yep. You sold me. I'm surprised they didn't do it. Yeah. This show should have done it.
1: Of all shows, this one should have. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. So we could just we could just headcanon that that's why he wasn't unmasked already. Yeah. Take your pick. Um, yeah. What is surprising, though, is that he is also alongside a captive Craven. Craven is also strapped to a chair in OzCorp. Mm. Uh, so interesting. Um, but Norman and Vulture are there. Not only do Norman get his prize in Spider Man, he's also going to be punishing Craven for disobeying him. Uh, the disobeying being that he attempted to kill both of the Spider Men rather than, than bring them in. Yeah. Um, And Craven explains this by saying, my honor is more important than your money, Osborn, and that spider disgraced me.
0: So we do get a little bit of classic Craven in here. A little bit. A little
1: bit. Yeah.
0: yeah. Very small detail that I think speaks volumes. Craven and and Spider-Man are not kept captive in the same way. Norman Osborn is really like the only person who's caught on to the fact that you have to completely cover Spider-Man's hands from fingertip to wrist. Yeah. Uh, or else you haven't done anything, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like that's call. what got
0: Craven. <laughs> Cause Craven doesn't have the same restraints. He's just restrained, but Spider Man has the full on cuffs.
1: That's so smart. You know, I and I noticed that he has like the whole like kind of almost like little globe covering his hands. Yeah. But I didn't even pick up on that. Like, yeah, because he would just web use webbing if he if he didn't. Okay, cool. Norman's smart, a smart guy, cookie. Norman. Yeah. Yep. Yeah.
0: Well, little do any of them know, little did I know, (laughs) Miles is creeping in on the ceiling. He's just, he's there. He's just creeping. Uh, Norman gives a little speech about how he tried to be friends with Spider-Man, but Spider-Man refused. And that at first he thought Spidey was an anomaly. But now that there's a second Spider-Man, he's certain that a spider army is on its way just as he feared. And he plans to dissect this Spider-Man to learn more so he can combat that spider army. And I think this is the first time in this show that we get a real genuine sort of like crack in the perfect villain. That is Norman Osborn. Yes. Because even though Norman Osborn is fucked up, he is, he's operated sort of in a fictional sociopathic way that allows him to be totally amoral and just operate moving fully forward towards whatever goal is his and it's been like an advantage for him Mm -hmm. and so even though as a character you're like ew you're so gross like these are obviously human flaws they're advantages for him as a as a villain this though like he's wrong he is not correct and we haven't seen him be incorrect and he's very clearly almost there's like a borderline mania in the way that he says now i know there's a spider army, right? Like there's yeah. a paranoia there. Yes. Um. And I'm I was I was surprised and excited to see that that was such a button to be pushed on Norman Osborn.
1: Yeah, it's like a genuine. It's like it is a genuine fear that he really does have that's fueling him, which I think is really interesting because that's going to, I think, lead him to it. It because it it could lead him to making mistakes down the line, like it could mm-hmm. be his downfall. But I think that could also be a strength that fuels him because he's so fearful of of thinking that he's doing the right thing like even if he's a sociopath and he isn't like being selfless or anything but he could easily rationalize everything he does as protecting the world from the spider army
0: exactly you know i think it makes him such a compelling character if you can come up with a reason for why norman believes he's being proactive or not proactive reactive to a problem he's convinced himself exists that isn't there
1: yeah, yeah, because I mean he's not, and he's not totally wrong because the spider people are correctly associated with the spider army experiments. Yep. It's just he's wrong of like why they exist yeah. and, and, and exactly what their you know what their side is. You know, well,
0: and they oppose him, and Spider Man specifically rejected him. Like, yeah. So he sees them as enemies, and that just feeds in further to his idea that they're being commanded by Spencer Smythe. Yeah, or I'd somebody. Love that.
1: Love it! I'm so curious of where it's gonna like lead to because mm-hmm. it's only it can only lead to something big, you know. So and it,
0: and it can only get worse because we know there's at least two more spider people on the way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like Norman yep. has not seen the last of the spider people emerging, and he's not going to be convinced there isn't a spider army until at least after that happens.
1: Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Man. Cool. Well, I dig it.
0: Well, Spider-Man notices Miles on the ceiling and tries to give a not-so-subtle clue to Miles to turn invisible. It's, I think it's really funny because both Craven and Norman are, like, disgusted by Spider-Man and what he's saying. Because Spider-Man's like, I'm just so afraid right now. And when I'm so afraid, I wish I could just disappear so nobody can see me. And Craven's like, looking at him like, you coward. What is wrong with you? You're pathetic. Yeah. And Norman even, is just like, ew. <laughs> like, you're just Norman, so disgusted by Spider-Man Norman's seemingly also... being like uh like uh, like a coward, I guess. I can't even think of a better word.
1: <laughs> well, Because Norman even a, even for a second is just like, if you're like if your blood is like that yellow, I don't even want to dissect you. Actually, on second thought, I do. Like That is a really good funny. moment. That's re- yeah. it's
0: really funny too.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: He makes such a funny face when he does that. He's like,
1: "Mm, okay, it's (laughs) very kombucha girl. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it totally is. Oh my God. That's so funny. (laughs) Well,
0: (laughs) Miles does eventually pick up on the hint or the many, many hints, and he's able to use his camouflage to take out both Vulture and Norman in rapid succession before either one of them notices and before releasing Peter with his electro blast. Vulture ends up attacking again, but he accidentally ruptures the hydromatic condenser. Which, oh, you know,
1: <laughs> that thing. Is
0: that just like a a water condenser? That's what it sounds like. What like. is that? I don't know. Science jargon. That probably isn't real. Uh, and this makes the lab start to blow up. Because <laughs> that's, yeah. that's what rupturing a hydromatic condenser does, as we all know. Sure. Sure. So Vulture and Norman both flee. I think Norman even says, like, get me out of here, <laughs> which is funny. And the Spider-Men rescue Craven despite his reluctance and desire to die for his failure. Uh, Miles even says, like, dude, uh, he tried to kill us. And Peter responds, like, but that's the thing, though. Like, just because they tried to, What does he say? Just because they try to eliminate us doesn't mean we do the same or something, something like that. to that degree. So he says that to Miles and then to Craven like who is is basically like I'm disgraced, leave me to die. Peter yeah. says, you know, part of being a human though is picking yourself up when you fail. That is reality.
1: Not reality TV. Reality TV's fake, man. It just, <laughs> just rots your brain.
0: So Peter in these past two episodes really like really the wizened one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which is kind of fun.
1: It's fun. I like it. I mean, I think it still makes sense because when he when he's in that position, like he just basically becomes his uncle Ben. Yeah, um, which it's I sweet think to makes, see. Yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense. I'm into it. Yeah. I
0: also, um, I really hope. I, I guess I should say Craven dashes away before they realize where he goes, um, and they don't really pursue him because again, the building's blowing up. But yeah, um, I hope we see Craven again, and I hope that the events of this episode. Very, very directly and dramatically inform his next appearance, because yeah. I do think the fact that he's humiliated in this episode on camera in a conventional way, and then we get the moment where Spider-Man saves his life, which we know certain versions of Craven are haunted by, mm-hmm. um, or is the type of thing Craven would be haunted by, in that he like owes Spider-Man his life when he was trying to kill Spider-Man. Like, I think you could do any number of very cool Craven things with that as a motivation.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So, you know, so, so Craven's gone. Spider-Man also make their escape from the, from the exploding lab. And we cut a little bit later to a nearby rooftop. And, you know, Peter and Miles are chatting about it. And, and you know, he kind of reflects on, on Miles' new invisibility power and remarks like, hey, you know, even your fear can be your strength. Miles is like, oh, Peter, you're a good teacher and a good friend. and
0: An actual good lesson that's relevant to the events of the story.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, you wouldn't learn that on reality TV. No, he doesn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. You can't but,
0: produce uh, a life lesson like that. <laughs> Ding.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. But yeah, they have a nice little moment. Um, but then, like Peter's like, "Hey, just remember, now that you know that I'm Peter, no one from school can know that I'm Spider Man." And Miles doesn't question it. I don't really understand. Like, I, I would expect Miles to question it, but I mean, he respects well, he hmm. he respects what Peter wants him to do. So I guess that's nice. He
0: he he doesn't question it in that he he like instantly agrees. But I do think the last isn't the last line of the episode. So you want me to lie?
1: Well, but I think that's, for Mark, that's responding to Peter's joke because Peter's like, to, you know, to everyone, I am just the handsome, confident, amazing oh, Peter Parker. And then that's gotcha. when he's like, you want me to lie. But, I mean, it can work for both, though, because that is true. He is asking them to lie, which yeah. is a weird position for Miles to be in, given that Miles is, is out to his best friends at Horizon. So, like, it's, it's, it is strange. Um, it's and tough, I'm curious though. Yeah. Because –
0: like, well, it's, it's a strange request, but it's also tough because Miles made that choice, not knowing that Peter was, had made a different choice. Mm-hmm. And so there is a part, like it's, it, there is a fairness in Peter being like, you chose to do that. I didn't choose to do that. Yeah. Like, please don't make me do that. But at the same time, him asking Miles to keep that secret is a, is sort of a big deal and is like a lot of weight to put on somebody that you're actively mentoring and who is younger yeah. than you. I don't like it's 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 very complicated and I can't it imagine it's going to last for very long. <laughs>
1: Well, it's yeah. I think I think it's really nice to see how Miles like immediately is just like kind of accepting of that. And yeah, we, totally. And, and we and we we know that he's going to. We're, I don't I don't have any expectation that Miles is going to ever be a dick about this. Um, Which but, would
0: be a good metaphor for real life things.
1: Exactly. That's why I think it's like it's a good thing for kids to be watching just yeah. to be like, hey, I know you do things your way, and I but I do things my way, and I would ask you to respect that for my sake. And Miles is just like, all right, cool, dude. Um, I I did think. I, think th- I did feel like it was a little bit out of character for Miles to not question that at all, just because it seems like he would be like, I don't really get it, um, and he doesn't. But yeah. I think for the sake of sort of ending this episode and for that being the lesson to just, like, respect Peter's secret. And, you know, they did just go through a pretty traumatic event, so it probably it maybe it's not the right time for it. Maybe Miles yeah. will question it later. So, like, he could. I get that. I was just sort of surprised that Miles I didn't. I
0: think you're right, though, because anything, I think uh, you could have very easily been like, you know what, Peter, I don't get it, but Sure. You know, and that I think I think yeah. that would have been enough um, yeah. or, you know, you could have had something for Miles excitedly being like, yeah, but see what we did together. You know, like, right. Don't you want people in on this? Like, uh, yeah, yeah, you can you can imagine a number of reactions that would feel a little bit more like authentic to the the Miles we've gotten, who does sort of just shoot from the, the hip as far as yeah. what he's saying. But uh, but it is encouraging. You're right. It is encouraging to see that he's just sort of like, yeah, I'll keep that secret for you, because basically like what it is is peter saying like i'm not ready for that yet like it's cool yeah. that you're ready for that i'm not ready um and miles is basically saying like take your time bro
1: yeah there's definitely like coming out metaphors you could draw from Hell that yeah. i think i think that that's 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 fine the way that they handle that i think that yeah. works great
0: yeah i think the value there is is greater than than one line of you know miles cont- personality continuity <laughs>
1: yeah exactly cuz it's not and, even know, fully
0: breaking continuity cuz he is a good friend
1: yeah Exactly. And there's always space for that to, 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 to come out and be addressed later on yeah. in, in the series too. So,
0: yep. How sweet would it be if Miles is the one who actually convinces Peter to like come out with his Spider-Man identity to Miles and or to uh, Gwen
1: and Anya? I think that would be, I think that I, I, I kind of expect that I think because that's, I mean, if Miles only ever has good interactions with Anya and Gre- Gwen with them being in on a secret, that's only going to reinforce like, hey, if you don't tell anyone else in your life, you could at least tell these two and they will be understanding yeah. and helpful. And I prove that. Uh, there's um, something
0: so sweet in that. There's something like, you know, with the coming out metaphor, there is something really sweet in the idea that like Peter is the older one who's like coaching somebody through something that was hard for them mm-hmm. and then learned that like it didn't need to be as hard if, if, you, if you allowed other people to help you with it. Yeah. Like, oh, that would be – oh, that would be so sweet. (laughs) Yeah. As as long as Peter isn't, like, outed, um, I think it would be – you know, you could do some really cool, great, heartwarming things with it. I think it's a 50-50. I think it could go either way. I think it's just as likely that Peter will be outed to Gwen and Anya as it is he will be convinced to tell them.
1: Because there's there's drama both ways, and I can sort of see it – see circumstances either way. And, you know, it doesn't necessarily – like, obviously, like (laughs) – I, I probably with this kind of show, like plot comes before like metaphor. So like, I understand yeah. if the, if it just works out that way and it's a dramatic reveal is more interesting <laughs> than, than your nice coming out yeah. story, but it would be really nice <laughs> if it's a really clean coming out metaphor that they managed to work in. And, know, if, if that goes in that direction.
0: Honestly, like, I know, you know, the answer to this. I don't yet. Um, I would not even be surprised if like just the next episode Basically, just opens with Gwen and Anya being like, "Hey, Pete, we have spider powers too now. Do you want some?" And then they just like roll with some? it. Do you know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't even be yeah. surprised based on how, like, like I said, I think it was last week. Like, this show is not is not gonna belabor a story if they don't feel like they need to. So, like, it would it would not even be a surprise to me, and it actually would be kind of funny at that point because then again, you'd be playing with that that recurring humor of Peter just being like, "Are you all kidding me?" Like what in the world? And then he, he's surrounded by like three characters who are just like the most nonchalantly Spider-Man superheroes and he's like great power and great responsibility though.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> wouldn't even be surprised. Not expecting be, it, but would wouldn't be, be surprised. <laughs>
1: that would be yeah. Yeah. I don't know the pace of the show, it's like, exactly at this point, so:
0: Exactly. They're all going to be 35-year-olds by the end of season three.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. and Peter, it, it'll end with Peter and Mary Jane's wedding, just like spectacular. No. <laughs> it's back. <laughs> <laughs> it'll never die. <laughs> and it has to
0: come back in the next show that we cover, because, again, humor three times.
1: <laughs> uh-huh. Definitely.:
0: Beautiful. Definitely. I look forward to it.
1: So a few faces of the episode, um, you know what? We didn't even talk about Craven's design we didn't. at all. We didn't. We did I'm not. happy to do
0: it. Let's do it.
1: Because that's th- th- the face of the episode that I pulled, I just think no matter what, the face has to go to Craven's horrible sharp teeth. Like, I, it has to. Yeah. So I just pulled one of the screen caps where he bears all of his sharp teeth. And I hate them. Me like, too. I am full on monster fucker in my everyday life. <laughs> this ain't it, man. Uh-uh. Um, Can't deal with it.
0: I think I think for very good reason too. I uh, generally this design I there's a lot I like about it. Um, it's different and familiar, which I think is good. I like yeah. the fact that he is scarred, um, mm-hmm. and we talked a few weeks ago about how like some some villains make sense to be scarred. And I even said Craven would be one. If you wanted to give Craven a bunch of scars, it's not simply like people with physical deformities are bad. This is a a circumstance where he literally fights like the most dangerous animals in the world. Like it. So Mm -hmm. they do like cool things where he has like one of his eyes is sort of scarred over and you can see that he has like scars on his body. Um, He has a much wilder appearance in that he has like long hair and he has like a a long, like I know it's a, it's like a sort of a handlebar ish sort of whatever it's called. It's not a handlebar, but like, yeah. Like a goatee without the chin. It's like a Morgan yeah. Spurlock situation. Yes, yes. Um,
1: or His like hair uh, is almost like like they're almost try give him like the like give him like dreads to an extent. Like I don't think that's exactly what they were going for, but it has it's that. So sort of
0: hard to tell with this show. Similar,
1: yeah. It's similar to that sort of vibe. At
0: least. It's it's kind of similar in a way to Anya's hair, but Anya's hair is like thicker. Like Anya's hair doesn't give the idea of dreadlocks because it's not as like thin uh like uh groupings of hair his mm-hmm. is so thin that it does kind of look like maybe it's supposed to be dreadlocks but i have no idea is it just supposed to be like curly or like, like i have no idea that hair on this show is confusing sometimes
1: uh-huh.
0: um <laughs> but uh but it, i do think it is meant to be like a much less prim and proper version of of Craven and I dig that, but I hate the teeth. I hate the teeth so much. I'm not opposed to him having sharp teeth or fanged teeth, but the problem here is that they gave this Craven the most cartoonish eyes and the most cartoonish version of sharp teeth you could give somebody where like they're they're all the exact same shape. They're all the exact same like cut and angle and they just fit together perfectly like, like a very cartoony drawing of, sharp teeth and it's weird it makes the way that he talks very strange not the voice performance but just like the way his mouth moves Mm -hmm. it's uh it's my least favorite thing about him for sure
1: it's weird because i i feel like there was a it's like the the people writing the character and the concept for this version of craven and and the character designs like didn't seem to agree with what they wanted to do because i i like the idea of making full-on wild man craven yeah But then he's also supposed to be, like, a TV star that is literally in hair and makeup at the same time. Yeah. And and so, like, they split the difference in this really weird way. And so you end up having, like, a dude with cartoony sharp teeth that don't – I don't think it jibes no matter what direction that you're going with, you know?
0: and that's where, that's where, like, picking a lane and really committing to it would have worked. Because if he's a phony, then you have the moment where he, like, takes his wig off and he takes his, like, sharp teeth dentures out.
1: Ooh, yeah.
0: Or he's actually this terrifying uh, and you make sure that that's clear, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah. I
0: think the funnier is the
1: former, but, yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. It's not, it's not, t- I mean, I, I appreciate trying to do something different with him. Yeah, oh, me too. But. And so, you know, individual elements are fine, but yeah, I'm not, I don't, I don't love it at the end of the day, yeah. unfortunately. And it's mostly because of the horrible teeth than anything else. It's... I could deal with everything else except yeah. for that.
0: <laughs> I, 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 the horrible teeth are, are number one for me and a very close number two are his horribly cartoonish eyes. Love the scarred over eye. Yeah. Hate the actual cartoonishness of his eyes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Um, oh, I love uh,
0: he has a mechanical arm. We didn't even mention that.
1: Oh yeah, you're. You know, I'm looking at the image now. I did not even notice that the entire episode yeah. is that well, horrible. Is,
0: well, I thought it was. It's weird. It because it, it doesn't matter in the episode. It's like purely a design element. It's not yeah. used in any sort of way that actually, like, its action is not mechanical or robotic, even though its appearance is uh, yeah. and has like hydraulic tubes and stuff in it. I actually. From a purely design standpoint, I think it's very cool. That's I do think cool, it's a really yeah. bizarre choice. I don't think it makes any sense given the version of Craven we got right. to give him a mechanical arm. There's no story behind him losing an arm, which they very easily could have fit in for this sensationalist reality TV host. Yeah. Um, well it
1: matches because, you know, he's 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 got the scars, he's blind in one eye, and then like missing a limb. Like I think those are really cool details to have to showcase someone who has just like been been in the fight for a long time for yeah. real. But because, you know, like we've been saying, they don't really double down on anything either one way or the other. Yeah. So it's just sort of it's just sort of quietly there and doesn't really make any impact.
0: It also brings him closer without actually committing to the versions of Craven that rely more on technology and less on tracking, which I tend not to like as much but it ends up not being a great offender because he doesn't actually use it.
1: <laughs> the other face, I th- I think, conversely, is really cool. It's really simple, but we, uh, we kind of got a man spider face, a little bit, sort of.
0: We did, and what I like about it especially is that because it is a hallucinated man spider face, it is a merging of man spider and a masked face. You know what I yeah. mean? Like it's not just like a nightmarish spider monster. It is a it's like partially masked, but obviously uh not possible monsteriness fusion thing.
1: Yeah. Very cool. Like it's still red and blue. It's it's really simplistic, but he's got the mandibles, he's got creepy eyes, got some creepy like teeth. It's really cool. I like yeah. it a lot.
0: Looks like it almost um, even has seams on it.
1: Yeah. 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 It's really neat. It's really neat. I, I like it.
0: I also like the uh, invisible effect they use for Miles. I feel like invisible effects can go like really well or really horribly. And I feel yep. like they chose the right direction with his.
1: Yeah. They do the right thing on that front. All the anytime they use like any of their like CG effects on this show yeah. are always really well done. They I think they've kind of mastered that at this point. Yeah.
0: I mean, they didn't figure it out, but it has been figured out. <laughs> yeah. And they do great. it well.
1: <laughs> I'm into it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, I think uh I think we I think we covered this one. I think we get it. I think we did it. I think we got it. I think we yeah. have succeeded in our hunt for the synopsis and, and analysis of this episode. So, <laughs> yeah. if you if you would like more of us and things that we do and talk about, you can find stuff off the main feed over on Patreon dot com slash walloping web snappers where for just one dollar you can access most of our uh content over there uh we do spider bites on all sorts of spider man related things uh comics and videos video games all that sort of stuff we do after dark commentaries where we drink and watch tv shows um and uh we put our ama episodes over there uh and if you're a patron you get to Access those two weeks early uh, where we talk for literally three hours at a time about pretty much whatever you want us to. Uh, So check that out if that sounds like something you would like. That is at patreon.com slash snappers. In the meantime, if you would like to find more from Derek and me, you can find us all over the internet. Derek, where can people find you and the things that you are working on
1: Sure, you can find me on Twitter at Derek B. Gale. You can also find me on my YouTube series, Second Chance, which is a video essay series. That looks at bad or divisive media, but from a positive lens. What about you, Doug?
0: You can find me on Twitter at IckyBooley, I-C-K-Y-B-O-O-L-E-Y. You can also find me on another podcast here on the 4Eyed Radio Network called Victory Road, a Pokemon podcast where my co-host Kyle and I talk about Pokemon just as we feel like it. And if you like books and video games, you can check me out on a podcast called Novel Gaming, a podcast about books and video games with little bits and pieces of other pop culture. If you would like more from Derek and me talking about media, you can check out our monthly podcast called Falling with Style. It's an ongoing Pixar movie marathon where we watch every Pixar film chronologically. And our episode on cars, that's right, the talking cars, is out now, available wherever you get your podcasts. Visit us on our website at wallopingwebsnappers.com, where all of those things are together, archived, organized, uh, and sorted however you would like them. And you can follow Walloping websnappers on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at wallopingwebpod, or email us at podcast at gmail.com. Please rate, review, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your podcasts, but especially the big ones, because if you like what we're doing, somebody else will too, and that makes us more visible. Finally, next week, Spidey teams up with the Hulk on a spooky adventure in Halloween Moon. Ow! (laughs) (laughs) Bye! Bye! they're able to take down craven with some nicely placed and take that again they're able to take down craven with some nice pl- oh my god <laughs> nicely placed <laughs>